0: Hey, very quickly before we get this episode started i want to let you know that we're looking for patron supporters we're looking for people to join the patron club and support adventure rider radio drop by our website AdventureRiderRadio.com, and click on support we need you Rider Radio, we're kicking off a brand new Adventure Rider Radio exclusive travel series. It's called Southward Chronicles, the ongoing saga of two riders traveling together on separate but parallel journeys. This is a story about a man and a woman, a couple, two vastly different riders and personalities riding towards a common goal, but with plenty of questions about how this trip will go for them together or if they will split and each go it alone. But before they leave, one of them has to deal with a potential financial disaster that could either cancel his trip or see him leave deeply in debt to his line of credit. My name's Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. Max BMW Motorcycles, outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories online and ready to ship to your door. MaxBMW.com. Best Rest Products is where the number one tire pump in the business for us motorcyclists comes from. It's called the Cycle Pump. Made in the USA. has lifetime warranty. They also distribute the Google Tech filters for North America. Cyclepump.com. Hi, I'm Sam Manninger. I'm Phil. Ted Cyrus. Kevin. Pert- Nathan Millwall. Linda Coach Johnson. And you're listening to
1: Adventure Rider Radio.
0: Hey, so you know, we only accept advertisers that we feel have quality products and services to offer you, something that we're proud to get behind. So just think of that when you hear the ads here on Adventure Rider Radio. The Moto Breeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure. It automatically adjusts for speed. There's no electrical or vacuum connections. It lasts 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Motobreeze.com. There's two eyes in there. Motobreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear, making American-made heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using the strapping system. The website, greenchiliadv.com. That's greenchiliadv.com. this has never been done before on any podcast we're going to be following two riders whom i'm going to introduce you to in a minute from before they leave on their trip right on through until they either call it quits or return home we're going to get a near real-time view of what it's like for them through their trials their tribulations and rewards of their journey as they ride from british columbia down on through central america across the darien gap and all the way to Ushuaia at the southern tip of argentina For this exclusive travel series on Adventure Rider Radio called Southward Chronicles. We're going to be airing a new episode each month as their trip unfolds. We're going to be talking to them from their hotels, their campsites, coffee shops, anywhere we can along the way to get the full story. So, Jeremy and Elle decide to take a trip together, this motorcycle trip, but it isn't quite as simple as a couple going on a motorcycle adventure. Now, although they are a couple, they don't live in the same city. Elle lives in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Jeremy lives in Canmore, Alberta, Canada. Same province, different cities. About 60 miles or 100 kilometers apart, the two cities are roughly an hour's drive for one another. So in fact, until this trip starts, they will not have lived together or spent any significant extended time together. So that in itself can be a challenge and we're going to hear more about this today. So what we have here is a story about two fiercely independent people with two different ways of handling stressful situations. And as I said, up until now, they've only spent weekends or short times together. They're riding vastly different bikes. They haven't traveled together on anything like this before. And interestingly enough, Jeremy describes them as traveling together on two separate but parallel journeys. More on that on today's episode. And by the way, this is Jeremy's fourth attempt to reach South America by motorcycle, trying to fulfill his dream for, um, I guess, over two decades to get to Ushuaia. Both of them have been as far as Panama. The idea for them this time is to get past the Darien Gap and all the way to the most southern tip of land in South America, Ushuaia, and back again. The following is a true story.
1: Uh, The idea so far is to ride from Canmore, Alberta, that's where I'm from, all the way down to the southern tip of South America.
0: Well, we're doing this interview the first of June, roughly, and you're leaving when?
1: The plan, again in quotes, is to leave uh, August 15th. We're going to go out and meet some friends uh, near uh, Radium, BC, and spend the weekend with them there, and then head south after that.
0: So you've got like two and a half months. Now, you're talking, this trip's going to be a year, right?
1: Uh, A little bit more, actually. 13 months is what um, I finally was able to negotiate with work. So they've, they've let me go for 13 and a half months, so that's what I'll take.
0: Wow. 13 and a half months. That's, that is great. Yeah. So um, how is it looking now where you're sitting now with two and a half months away from your departure date?
1: Uh, well, again, planning is not my strong suit. So we're just trying to get a few things together uh, with the bikes, getting some mechanical things in order. And I don't know if I told you this, Jim, in fact, uh, I'm not sure that I have at all, but I'm heading in for surgery tomorrow. So I'm getting uh, just a minor uh, tweak on my shoulder Uh, The timing of it is a bit weird, of course.
0: Wow. Yeah, that that is weird. This is something that needs to be done, I guess, before you go.
1: Well, I'm beginning to second-guess myself. Uh, A few months ago, the pain was so bad that I couldn't even put a sweater on. And when I was sleeping, I would literally take my other arm and move my bad arm with me. Uh, It didn't have the strength to move. Um, So the pain was quite intense. And back then, a few months ago, I was ready to go for surgery immediately. But as it so happens, uh, with a little bit of physiotherapy and some time and maybe a little bit of luck, right now I'm feeling okay. And I'm beginning to second guess whether or not going under the knife is a good idea. But. It's already booked and uh, we're doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like one of these vacations that you pay for in advance with surgery. <laughs> Once you're committed, you're sort of committed. I mean, you can back out, but you got like what, 18 hours? Yeah,
1: that's right. So, and that's the funny thing here in Canada, everything, of course, is covered by our wonderful healthcare system. However, the wait times can be a bit problematic. So, I've had this problem in my shoulder for a long time. And about two years ago, I decided to uh, take some pretty aggressive action with it. And it has taken about two years to get to where I am now, which is to have a surgery date. Um, And it was funny because I was also applying for a leave of absence with work. And it wasn't uh, a sure thing. It wasn't a slam dunk by any means. And finally they granted it to me. And then the very next day, that's when my surgeon called and said, oh, we've got a date for your surgery and it's in uh, three weeks. So I had to go in the very next day after getting approved for my leave of absence and say to my employers, oh, by the way, I'm going to be gone for six months or for six weeks rather this summer.
0: Wow. Was that one the where they tilt their head down, look over their glasses at you as if to say, are you for real?
1: Yeah, actually very much so. In fact, it was the day before my uh, immediate supervisor was going on two-week vacation. So I told him just before he went on vacation, oh, thanks for the leave of absence. I appreciate it. I'm going on medical leave this summer also. And I could just imagine him like over a few pints uh, on <laughs> vacation just saying, and then
0: this guy this guy has the nerve. Off the street.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So it was pretty comical um, to me, but I'm not sure that human resources found it very amusing.
0: Mm, I can imagine. Well, well, how's the bike prep going? I mean, you guys, you're you're going on, on, you're riding two separate bikes, both you and your girlfriend, Elle, um, riding your own bikes. Um, Are you all set and ready to go? There's a
1: few minor things. I definitely need to upgrade my seat. Um, I've got the stock KLR650 seat, which is really not useful in any way for a long trip. I've discovered this uh, through trial and error myself. Um, Elle has a few things left to do, but really it comes down to just minor maintenance stuff right now. Um, She's got a signal light problem that she has to deal with. And of course, because she's riding a BMW, that will cost her a quarter of a million dollars to fix. And uh, (laughs) no, she's a little bit upset because it's not just a simple thing. Um, yeah, and I'm going to do my valves before I go, tire changes, chain and sprockets, that sort of thing. But ultimately, if someone said, right, you have to leave tomorrow, her and I would both be ready as far as the bikes go.
0: Are there any other hurdles that you're having to overcome right now to go?
1: Yeah, actually, funny you ask, because all of these things happen in very quick succession, Jim. So I asked for a leave of absence. It finally got approved. Great then my surgery date happened. Oh, that's kind of weird. And then, in like very quickly after, we found out that uh, the condo building in which I just bought into two years ago um, has been uh, basically robbed. So through mismanagement, possibly criminal mismanagement, uh, over two million dollars in our building is missing. And so there was a big cash call and um, police are involved, and there's lawsuits, and I'm a brand new condo owner. I've just been approved for a year leave of absence with no pay, and now I'm finding out that all of the money that I did have saved for this trip uh, might go towards an even bigger cash call coming forward.
0: Oh man, that's devastating. I mean, that, that could be the end, couldn't it? Uh,
1: Yes. However, I also have a line of credit (laughs) that I am prepared to use if necessary. Now, this cash call that I'm talking about, um, it is theoretical at this point, and it is the worst case scenario. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers that the worst case scenario doesn't happen. But if it does, uh, I may be able to squeak by by putting it all onto a line of credit, which is ill advised. I understand that. It's not a good financial move. I understand that. But uh, at this point, I'm at the point almost of no return, both with my surgery and with the trip. It's kind of, it's horrible on one hand, but on the other hand, it's kind of amusing.
0: Isn't that going to be extremely stressful? I mean, I mean, let's just say you had to draw down your line of credit to to yeah. cover this, and then you're going to go. You've got no income. You're going to have to make your, your payments for your condo. Um, yeah. Isn't that going to stress you out on a trip?
1: Entirely, yes. Hmm. It will stress me out a lot, and it will be on my mind.
0: So why is it worth it?
1: Well... Uh I think a lot of reasons it's worth it. I've been planning this trip for a long time. Also I have recovered uh from financial disaster before and I've got a history of making really bad investments. One time, uh this is probably twenty years ago now, I pulled all of my RRSPs out and I invested it into a Ponzi scheme. Of course I didn't know it at the time, and the Ponzi scheme very quickly collapsed and I was out all of that money. So this will only be the second or third or maybe fourth time that I've had to start from scratch.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, Are you the type of person that finds yourself sitting in those meetings a lot of times where somebody invites you to something, you don't know what it is, and next thing you know, they're selling you a vacuum?
1: Uh, no, actually. I'm <laughs> usually quite shrewd, but I have been known to make some poor choices when it comes to investments. Hmm. Um if, oh, by the way, if you want uh, to purchase any Bitcoin, I've got some for you. I can offload it for you at a really good price.
0: <laughs> no, I'm I'm good. Thanks for the offer, though. That's great. Well, so so back to to, to uh, prepping for your trip. Um, what else do you have to prep for this trip?
1: Well, Central and South America. Um as far as grand adventures go, I think is pretty straightforward for a North American person. So we have our passports, we have basically all the paperwork that we need, and we can do most everything that we need to at the border as far as logistics and paperwork goes. We just um, booked passage on a sailboat to take us from Panama to Colombia. Um, I I'm hesitant to say that we have completely done that because I sent my deposit and I sent my passport photos and everything, but I have yet to hear back from them. So, there is a chance that I have contacted the wrong people and they have absconded with that money as well, which I'll only know when I get down to Panama. (laughs) But no, Is this the stall rat? Well, yes, it is the stall rat, but – I'm not 100% sure that I contacted the correct people. So <laughs> the, the stall rat, I've got nothing uh, poor to say about them. And if I have, cor- cor- you know, contacted them uh, and they have my deposit, then everything will work out fine. Mm. But um, yeah, they're, given current events and the way things have been unfolding for me lately, I've got a little bit of nerves regarding that. <laughs> I sent the money a few days ago. so
0: Well, I guess especially with everything else happening right now. And, and how long is your recovery on your surgery?
1: Well, fortunately, this surgery is not massive. It's not like a rotator cuff. It's not like a rebuilding of the joint or anything. It's just a little, well, it's called um, sub, wait, I'm going to mess it up. I won't give you the technical name. Uh, The recovery should be about six weeks before I'm back to modified duties at work, and then another six weeks of full duties, and then I take off. So there should, in theory, be plenty of time to recover.
0: Are you doing anything physically to prepare for the trip? Have you got an exercise regime that you're doing or something like that?
1: No, not really. Um, Elle has been very faithful at going to the gym and she's been watching her diet and she's actually... Become much more uh, of a fit individual in the past uh, six months or so, uh, to her credit. I have gone the other direction and I've been very sedentary and um, eating whatever I want. So I've actually put on weight. Um, (laughs) I'm, you know, for a 46 year old man, I'm generally healthy ish. Um, So what I ought to be doing is hitting the gym a little bit more and working on core strength and stuff. But honestly, we're not doing any trials riding, we're not racing. Uh, we're going to be sitting on motorcycles and maybe doing a little scuba diving and stuff like that. So, as long as our, you know, as long as we're in relatively good health, uh, I think we should be fine.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a vacation, not a, not a, an expedition that you're trying to you know break some record or something.
1: That's exactly right. It's uh, yeah, we're not going to be um, trying to beat any land speed records for sure.
0: So are you expecting any sort of difficulties? Is there anything about the trip, I mean, other than actually getting away, that sort of stresses you out that you think, well, we're going to have to deal with this when we get there?
1: Yeah, actually, I really wish that Elle were here right now to answer that question, because she and I would both be looking at each other in a very uncomfortable way. Um, We have been together for a couple of years now, but we live in different cities. We've never been in this close proximity for this length of time. So I think she would agree there is some stress uh, regarding interpersonal dynamics, how we're going to cope with stressful situations together. Um, These trips have historically either brought people very close together or driven a wedge between them. So um, I think we know each other well enough now to uh, be pretty confident in, in our choices of traveling together but yeah there is some stress or um, for instance we're taking <laughs> she would be staring into my soul right now if she were sitting right here but we're taking two separate tents um, both like so we are two separate like everything so that if you know push comes to shove whatever the reason we can take separate excursions
0: You're being very careful. I mean, you're both being very careful about this. It it, it almost sounds like, I hate to say it, but it almost sounds like that neither one of you is convinced 100%. I mean, you're not going out with that blind leap of faith and saying, no, No. this is going to work.
1: No. (laughs) Both of you
0: want to pull cord.
1: Well, that's, and again, I really wish she was here to offer her side of the story. Um, But yeah, that's what I have said in the past. And I've kind of scrolled it back a little bit, but I've said that it's kind of like we're heading on Two separate but parallel journeys. So we'll probably camp in the you know same places. We'll probably share hotel rooms and probably do this and that. Uh, we're both booked on the on the rot, but we are both fiercely independent individuals, and um, at any time we could diverge. And in fact, um, L does not have a leave of absence to deal with. She is just quitting her job, so she may actually stay on this trip longer than me. Um, she's got a few goals that she wants to achieve. Uh, she loves dance. So in Buenos Aires, she wants to do some tango and things like that. And it is possible that we may, um, diverge at some point, not out of conflict, but just out of, um, pursuing our own individual trips.
0: Well, you're also on two different bikes, which means that, you know, parts are not interchangeable and two vastly different bikes.
1: Yeah. Elle's bike is far superior to mine, although she has 100,000 kilometers on it now. Um, She's got a BMW GS 700, I think. Um, And as far as I understand, it may actually be the first one in Canada. So whatever year that was that BMW first imported the 700, that's what she's got. And I've got a clunky kind of workhorse of a KLR 650. And it's not an awesome bike, but it's the bike that I can afford And it's only got 10,000 kilometers on it. So, um, yeah, there's nothing, nothing that we can swap as far as parts go.
0: I think a lot of people would argue that it's a great bike. I mean, it's, it may not be the, the highest technology, but it certainly is a is a good bike. But in, in any case, this is great because we're going to be following you, you guys through this adventure with this series we're putting together. And it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out. So we're probably going to talk again one more time before you go. If not, it'll be when you're on the road. But um, I wish you the best of luck with this surgery. And until we talk again.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, Jim. I'm always happy to talk to Adventure Rider Radio and I'll see you down the road.
0: We're going to take a quick break to thank two sponsors that helped bring this story to you today. But when we come back, we're going to catch up with Jeremy and Al on day three of their adventure and hear how their bikes maybe weren't quite as ready to go as what they thought and more. Coming up, stay with us. The Red Rock Garage is a motorcycle destination. It's located in Beaverdale, British Columbia on Highway 33. Now, grab a pen and write that down because you're going to want to remember the name of this town. You're going to need it for your GPS. It's just north of Washington State. It has some of the most incredible riding for miles around and our friends at the Red Rock Garage run the coffee shop, which is described as a small coffee shop with a motorcycle addiction. That's why so many motorcyclists go there. They've got fuel. Of course, they've got coffee. They've got camping. They even run a B&B there. So you don't have to plan too much. Just get your GPS out. Enter Beaverdale, British Columbia. And there in the heart of Beaverdale on Highway 33 is the Red Rock Garage. Detour to get there. It'll be well worth your while. And you can stay overnight. Drop by their website, see what they've got uh, going on. Uh, Their website is redrockgarage.ca. And uh, anytime you're dealing with them, emailing them, do us a favor. Let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Red Rock Garage. Well, way back in 1976, some off-road racers and enthusiasts got together and started IMS Products. And over the time from 1976 till now... Over 40 years later, IMS is on top as far as building race quality parts for both racers and the general public. And the one way you can cash in on that pedigree is by looking at their foot pegs. It's the same foot pegs that I run on my bike. IMS foot pegs, they've got a complete set of adventure motorcycle foot pegs. Um, from the largest platform that you could imagine, which is just fantastic for handling those big adventure bikes on fire roads, down to your small foot pegs that the racers use. It's all the same stuff. It's all built with cast certified 17-4 stainless steel, certified heat treating. Uh, they're built in the USA. They come with a lifetime warranty. You can't beat these pegs. IMSproducts.com, the same pegs I'm running on my bike. I absolutely love them. Anytime you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio, imsproducts.com. Now, just to give you a timeline for this next segment, we recorded this about a week ago, so August 2019.
2: My name is Elle. I'm from Calgary, Alberta, and I'm traveling with Jeremy all the way down from Canada to South America.
1: Yeah, and uh, my name is Jeremy Craker, and uh, just like Elle said, we're heading south on our motorcycles, um, hopefully as far as the road goes.
0: Jeremy, L, welcome to Adventure Rider. Jeremy, it's welcome back. Of course, we've talked before numerous times uh, over the years, but Elle, great to have you on. Thank you. So you guys are pretty stoked right now because you're about to hit the road now. You had numerous issues. Uh, Can you just give a quick rundown on sort of the issues leading up to the departure?
1: Yeah. uh, So my situation got really complicated very quickly right at the last minute. Um, I'm in a condominium building and we suddenly got notification that maybe a former manager might have absconded with all of our mon- money. <laughs> so all of our reserve fund was gone, and that meant a cash call. And it was going to be a massive one. Like, we have heard rumors of up to $20,000, which is not awesome just before a big trip like this because that would have been all of the savings for the trip. And then I... Just a week or so after that, I went in for shoulder surgery and I'm recovering from that nicely. And then just 14 days before the trip, I got a very aggressive email from one of our newly elected board members and saying that they were going to sue me for a fraudulent sale of a parking stall and they wanted the parking stall back or they would see me in court. And uh, they made a bunch of angry uh, threats. Uh, the good news is most of that stuff got resolved, um, but it was very stressful. And instead of trip preparation and packing and things like this, I was more concerned with physiotherapy and legal matters and stress about money.
0: All this while you should be prepping for a bike trip. El, El, how, Mm -hmm. how about you?
2: I think that prepping for a bike trip like this is never really easy. And of course, there were some last minute things for me, too. Um, I took my motorcycle in to get it serviced. It wasn't quite ready to have the valves checked, but I thought it'd be good to have that done before a trip like this anyway. And while he was in there looking at the valves, he decided that I needed a new cam chain. But of course, it's a BMW and there were no cam chains available. And to ship one from Germany would take four weeks, which I didn't have. So there was a lot of stress added there, too turns out the mechanic was able to source a cam chain from somewhere else, get it delivered. We paid a bit extra for expedited shipping and it took a couple extra days longer than we thought, but I ended up driving away on Saturday instead of the Thursday that I had hoped.
0: You know, when it comes to preparing for a long trip, everyone understands that we go through these things of, you know, figuring out our gear and route, and there's a bunch of things to take into consideration. Do you find that that um, that it's that it was way more for you doing this than what you had planned on it? I mean, you can't see the things like the condominium problems coming, you can't see the, the uh, timing chain problem coming, but did you feel like as you're preparing that there was just like far more to worry about than what you actually thought there was going to be?
1: it it felt like the universe was testing our resolve and saying, like, do you really want to go Mm -hmm. on this trip? You're in your both in your 40s. You have good careers. And like, this is going to be a problem if you keep on moving forward. So Mm -hmm. it did feel like we were set upon somehow.
0: Now, was there a point where you guys sort of sat down or maybe many points where you sat down and said, are we sure?
1: Uh, jokingly, I said a few times to Elle, I don't think we should go on this trip. Uh, I was joking, but I was also like looking deep into her eyes to see (laughs) if there was a spark of recognition (laughs) with that. And, um, she was always very resolute and I was of course joking, but yeah, it it did feel like, you know, this, yeah, might not be the smartest move or maybe we weren't going about it the best way.
0: Hey, Elle, uh, how many other bike trips have you done like this?
2: Um, On this particular bike, I've made a few trips. I spent a month in Alaska, and I spent six months in Central America twice. So my hope was always to go all the way down to South America, even before Jeremy and I got together, and his hope was to do the same thing. So the longer we spent time together, the more we talked about the possibility of doing this trip together. But yeah, comparing the preparation this time compared to previous times – It seems more stressful. Either I just have not remembered how stressful it was last time, or I'm worrying a little bit more this time. And even now that we've left the road and are actually on the trip, the amount of stuff I have packed is amazing. (laughs) I look at my stuff now and think, why did I bring this? There's no point in bringing this.
0: So you're already getting ready to ship stuff back.
2: Yes.
1: We, Mm. we already did. We spent uh, the first weekend. We were, so the plan was always to go to Duro, which is a, an event that my friend puts on, Trent, uh, in Invermere. And we were going to camp there all weekend and relax and, you know, share some stories around the campfire. But because of Elle's bike problem and because of uh, my lack of organization, we got there a day and a half late. And then the next day, we had one whole day uh, to basically unpack our motorcycles, fiddle with everything, install the things that we didn't have installed yet, and I shipped home uh, an armload of material, and L shipped home
2: probably. probably a good 15 pounds. Yeah,
0: yeah. Wow.
1: and we're still overloaded.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: Now, Jeremy, as far as your other trips, just a, a sort of a rundown on what you've done.
1: Hmm. Oh, uh, so way back in 2003, I took my motorcycle, a KLR650, from Canada to Panama and back, and then I wrote a book about that called Motorcycle Therapy. And then in 2007, 2008, I shipped my an, another KLR 650 from Calgary to Germany. And then from there, went through um, Eastern Europe a little bit and into the Balkans and uh, the Middle East and North Africa and then returned back to Canada via England. So I basically did a, a little loop around the Mediterranean. Uh, also included Iran and uh, Syria and Lebanon and all that stuff.
0: So obviously, and I know we've had you on the show to talk about some of that, um, obviously not your first trip, not even close. And you, you, the, the packing thing is still an issue.
1: It feels like my first trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also writing uh, an article for uh, Canada Moto Guide, and I just submitted that last night. And I said, yeah, I've done these trips before. I wonder if and when this experience will ever kick in. It feels like it might never
2: Agreed. I've been feeling stressed and worried and quitting a job and moving away and packing feels stressful. And I thought, well, once I'm on the road, then I'll relax. Then it'll kick in that I'm actually doing this. And it hasn't still, I don't think, kicked in, not for me yet. I'm still feeling stressful rather than relaxed and enjoying the trip. I'm worrying about what I've brought, if it's enough, if it's too much, if it's the right stuff, worrying about where we're going to and what our plans are looking like each day. And um, I'm waiting still, like Jeremy said, for that moment to kick in where we go, oh, we're really doing this.
0: Well, talk about the, the trip itself as far as the challenges you have to, to overcome. And Elle, I'm interested in, in your first take on this because I already spoke with Jeremy before and I'm interested in what do you see as the challenges that you think you're going to have to overcome or that you may have to overcome on this trip?
2: For me, one of the things is wanting to get down to South America quickly because I've already traveled through Central America, but it's hard to pass by the things that I know, the people that I've met and not want to spend all kinds of time in those familiar places. Looking at a map and looking at our timeline, we want to be at the southern tip of South America when it's summertime for them. So that would be about Christmas or New Year's. And even to do that doesn't seem like enough time to get there. And then already we'll have to start making our way back. And I would love really to see as much as I can of South America, but I don't know that we'll have enough time to do all the things we want to do.
0: So you're already stressing about time for the route.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so am I, but uh, just today I kind of woke up and said, this is ridiculous. We were kind of rushing to meet some friends in uh, Hood River, uh, Washington, and we could have done that today had we gotten up at 5 a.m. and, you know, had the bikes loaded and then done our interview with you, all loaded, ready to go, and then rushed out the door and hit the road. And I thought, you know what, we're early days here. Why are we starting at this pace? We will take two days to get there instead of the one that we could do it in. And, yes, we will have to have a few big days down the road somewhere, and we might have to eat up uh, a day worth of interstate riding, like worst case scenario. But uh, what's the point of doing this if we're not going to have some enjoyment in, in the process? So um, I, I think I kind of just intentionally today scrolled back the, the stress, at least for today.
0: <laughs> How many days have you been on the road now? We haven't really.
2: Well, three, kind <laughs>
0: yeah. of. Yeah. Well, you left home. Like you left home three days mm-hmm. ago. I mean, you're, you're, yes. I think you're in Cranbrook now.
2: Yes. yes.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: So so' through, sort of three days on the road, but you feel like it's, it's just getting going. How long do you think it's going to take you to get into the, the pace of travel?
1: I don't know. I was asking that uh, very same question to Elle yesterday, and she said, we'll just have to wait and see, and it should hopefully happen organically, as opposed to um, trying to get this feeling of moving. <clears throat> uh, I do remember other trips that I have done, and I have always felt kind of in a hurry. Um, But I think that's in my own head. And we also have to understand that, yes, we do want to get to South America, definitely. And I would definitely love to go all the way down to the southern tip. But if anything short of that happens, it's still okay. As long as we're safe and as long as we're moving through different cultures and landscapes. And as long as we can, you know, keep a positive attitude, it's a success regardless of where we get to, I think.
0: Elle, is that good with you?
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would like to get all the way to Patagonia, but the furthest I've been so far is Panama. If I get further than that this time and we get to Colombia and we decide we love it and it's beautiful and we want to just stay there for a month or longer, that's okay. Uh, that's part of the joy of having a road trip like this is being able to decide to do what you want when you want.
1: Uh, And we say that, but like, it's easy to say that. And then it's also very easy to, if one person suggests it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the other person have a little bit of pushback and go, no, I want to go all the way. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we're trying to be zen about it or I am, but I know that there's also going to be, you know, some back and forth inside of my own brain.
0: Well, um, a lot of, of traveling or a lot of doing anything with more than one person is that you have to deal with the other person. And, and L. how about relationship-wise? Because yep. from what I understand, you guys aren't together all the time. You don't live together now or you didn't before you left. You do now. <laughs> um, yep. Do you think there's any going to be any strain there?
2: Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, we live, Jeremy lives in Canmore and I lived in Calgary. So we saw each other on weekends. It was easy to um, take time for ourselves whenever we needed it. And it was built in. Now it's not. So we've talked about the possibility of spending some time apart. We've talked about things that each of us want to do. For example, Jeremy's not too interested in tango dancing in Buenos Aires. I sure am. So maybe (laughs) that will be a time when we separate for a week or a couple weeks or who knows. Um, And yet still talking about that ahead of time is different than actually deciding to do it in the moment and what will that will it be like when that happens will there be stress will there be hurt feelings yeah that's uh, something to consider for sure
0: mm-hmm. jeremy yeah
1: i agree um we are both very independent people i'm much more of an introvert i think than ella is so i do really appreciate time alone and it'll be tough to carve some of that out for myself on this trip um and i'll have to do it a little bit delicately and you know and choose my words carefully because it's not that i will be irritated with l it's that i'm missing my solitude Um, so there'll be a few struggles there but we're pretty good at communicating and that's mostly thanks to uh l west and uh the way that she you know navigates these uh emotional waters She's very good at saying what she needs and, and being clear and we can actually communicate. So
0: that's my hope. Elle, how would you describe Jeremy's personality?
2: Hmm. I would agree that Jeremy's more of an introvert than me. Um, he's also definitely more of a morning person than I am. Absolutely. And he's pretty easygoing and laid back, which is wonderful. Um, there are moments when I get upset, I'm frustrated, I'm swearing, And kicking my bike because something isn't working the way I expect it to. And he'll just laugh or chuckle at himself a little bit. And it doesn't irritate him at all. He can take it all in stride. He knows that I'm going to need a few minutes to have my little temper tantrum. And I'll get over it, which is wonderful. I've had uh, people in my life before who get upset when I'm upset or need to fix it or change it somehow. Jeremy knows to just step back and laugh, which I appreciate.
1: Well, I can step back and laugh because I don't have the ability to fix it. <laughs> I uh, am not super handy with the tools. So sometimes it's good to just let Elle vent on the motorcycle and she'll generally come up with a solution anyway. So that's uh, that's good. And yeah, what I appreciate about Elle is that uh, when she is in one of those situations where she's throwing a bit of a temper tantrum. Uh, She's good at focusing her rage and her anger on the object as opposed to everyone around her. So uh, I have also been in uh, relationships where if that person was angry, they were angry with whoever they were looking at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Ella's good at compartmentalizing and being like, nope, it's not you. I'm just angry at this thing right
0: here. That's unusual, isn't it? Because usually when somebody gets in a rage, it's, it's a rage directed and anywhere, anyone who confronts them, um, ends up feeling the brunt of it. Jeremy, how, how would you describe Elle?
1: Uh, Elle is fun to watch. She, uh, like she said, does have the occasional temper tantrum, but it's comic gold. Uh, her, her swearing is very entertaining and, um, yeah, but I would say that she's also very empathetic and intelligent and um emotionally intelligent as well so that helps with the communication like I said earlier and she's generally a positive person even though uh she's also very sensitive and can sometimes um be affected by you know the news cycle whatever is on BBC news that day um but that's the empathy coming through so I would say that uh, all around, she's an ideal travel
0: partner. Yay. Well, I'm going to let you guys hit the road. And now we're going to be talking as you go throughout this trip and, and sort of follow through. It's, it's really neat because we've never done this for Adventure Rider Radio. It's, but in any case, we're going to be following you through. Now, you're also writing, Jeremy, you mentioned you're writing for Canada Moto Guide, which is an online magazine. Are, are there any other places that you guys are writing for and, and places where people would follow you?
1: Not really. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, I will be posting on Twitter when I can, and my handle on both of those accounts is just Jeremy underscore Craker, and my name doesn't sound the way it is spelled, so you have to look it
0: up. <laughs>
1: and Elle.
2: Um I have Facebook and Instagram, and you can find me there as L on Wheels.
0: Okay, great, you guys. Thank you very much. I wish you the best of luck, and I see this is sort of your kickoff of the trip. Uh, As I said, we're going to be talking, and and until next time, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to bring us some great stories. Thank you, Jim. Thanks. Appreciate it. the premiere episode of Adventure Rider Radio's travel series, Southward Chronicles, the ongoing saga of two riders traveling together on separate but parallel journeys. Jeremy Craker and Elle West. Now, we got an idea of what it's like for them as a couple. We get sort of an idea there. We're going to be listening to Jeremy and Elle about once a month for roughly one year as they travel towards their final destination, ideally Ushuaia. Something L wants to do and of course something Jeremy has been dreaming of doing for over 20 years, this being his fourth attempt. So let's get behind them and, and hope it happens for them. It's been a long time coming. Sounds like they've already dealt with a bunch of pre-trip issues. Some worries uh, about enough travel time and how fast to travel, packing too much stuff and having to ship at home. Those are common themes that we hear with adventure motorcycling and motorcycle travel. And there's the concern of being used to taking the time they need to be alone or pursue things they want to do on the trip without hurting each other's feelings. And the unusual thing is that they're both carrying their own gear and camping equipment. They've planned for possibly separating. If that comes about, they're ready for it. Now, as you heard, Jeremy's taken a leave of absence from his job, so he's going to be back home. He has to be back home in 13 months. Elle quit her job so she could possibly stretch the trip if she wants to, which isn't something most couples would plan on. So it'll be interesting to see when the trip will come to an end for the both of them, either at the same time or will Jeremy return to Canada by himself? Hopefully the rhythm of travel kicks in for them soon, but so far it sounds like they're off to a fairly normal start. We've got some photos and other information in the show notes about this new series that we're doing for Adventure Rider Radio As well, we've got the links for Jeremy and Elle's social media accounts. Stay tuned for the next episode of Southward Chronicles on Adventure Rider Radio coming up in a few weeks when, by that time, they should be in Mexico. want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you in part by Max BMW Motorcycles at www.maxbmw.com. Also, Best Rest Products at www.cyclepump.com, Green Chili Adventure Gear at greenchiliadv.com and Moto Breeze Chain Oilers at motobreeze.com. Hey, you do us a great favor if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime you see them anywhere, you mention that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, of course, the listener, for being a part of this. Thank you very much. You can get all of our episodes at our website, adventureriderradio.com, and we also have another show that we bring out once a month. It's called ARR Raw actually, we've got some changes coming up on that, so you might want to really keep your eyes peeled to that as well, that show. You can find that show anywhere podcasts are found, same as Adventure Rider Radio, but you can also find a link to it with a bunch of information, including the show notes, on our website, adventureriderradio.com. And if you are not one of our patron supporters or you're not supporting the show in some way, I really want to encourage you to check it out and and do so. Because I always say, you know, think about what you're getting from a cup of coffee or from any little minor purchase that you make. That's all it really takes to support Adventure Rider Radio. Just a small contribution helps make it what it is and allows us to continue doing what we're doing here today. So drop by our website, AdventureRiderRadio.com and click on the support button. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike. My name's Jim Martin, talk to you next week. Hi, this is Simon Thomas from To Ride the World, and you are listening to Adventure Rider Radio.